Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, C-I-Z-Z-Y, live action, Kansas City, Missouri, and we are here at PlexPod in the Crossroads, Kansas City, Missouri, and I know I've been gone for a while. I know I've been gone for a while. I know the podcast has been missing. It's been in the it's been in the dark. It's been in the light. It's been in the dark again. And uh, we're just back, man. Needed to take some time off, figure out some new content to put out there. And uh, I'm happy to present to you the new episode today, right now, in this moment. Um, as you can see, we're rocking our culture talks to you. So make sure you go to VOV Apparel on Instagram at VOV Apparel and DM us if you're looking for some t-shirts. Holla at your boy. But as you can see, we have a guest here today and his name is? My name is Milad. Boom. His name is Milad. So this is a great friend of mine since we were kids, like since young bucks, since young bulls, you dig around me. And um, we're going to do something a little bit different today. So what I did is I reached out to some friends and I told them, hey, I'm going to try something a little bit different on my podcast and what I want to do is I want you to come up with 15 questions around business, life, health, any any type of questions, and then things that you might just be interested in asking me, and let's just record an episode. Let's just get some content out there. I thought this was the best way to jump on the show and, and get some content back out there into the world instead of trying to just think and think and think and think, oh, what can I do? And, and when you do that too much, you get lost in the sauce and you never take action, so I wanted to make sure we got back to it. We got back to it doing something fun. We got back to it doing something with people that I really love and care about. So, yeah, that's the update. Um, and with that being said, um, welcome to the show. And so from here, basically, Malai, you know, you, you know, I asked you to write down some questions, write down some topics you wanted to talk about, and we're just going to free flow. So this isn't all about college. This isn't all about Malai. We're just sharing. You know what I'm saying? We're just sharing. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share with a friend, and we'll jump right into it. Yeah, so Collis, we've been friends um, since birth, really. Uh, Our families kind of knew each other. Um, Yeah, we've known each other our entire lives, really. So, um, you know, with that being said, um, our relationship is pretty unique in that way. Um, And I think um, even though, you know, we may not be in constant contact or, you know, attached at the hip, um, we do go in phases where we are uh, in each other's lives and out of each other's lives. But as that pendulum swings, we do, you know, we do come back around to each other, uh, which is awesome. So I'm so glad to be in your life at this period in time. I'm glad that you're back in Kansas City. Um, and this is really awesome. So thank you for having me. I mean, oh, it's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Oh, yeah. um, so with that being said, Collis, um, I think you have a very interesting background and interesting upbringing, um, both culturally um, and really just your circumstances. Um, so I'd like to get a little background about that. I think um, I've listened to the pod several times. Um, I haven't really found an episode where you kind of talk about you 
um, and what your background is and kind of who you are as a person. So um, kind of dive into it. Uh, tell us a little about your family, some of your interests, um, and kind of some of your hobbies. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so my name is obviously Kyle Stutzer. <laughs> Let's start there. But um, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I'm blessed to be raised in a really large family. Um, you know, I come from a mother who's from Tanzania, from East Africa. She's born in Arusha, which is a northern, you know, a city in the northern territory of Tanzania, close to Mount Kilimanjaro in the same region. So for people who aren't familiar with Tanzania, who aren't familiar with Africa, I'm sure you're familiar with Mount Kilimanjaro. So just think about that place. And that's where my mother's from. Um, my father is actually from Kansas City. He grew up in the northeast neighborhood um, from the 40s until he left and moved to Africa in like the 1970s. Um, and again, you know, big family. I'm the child of technically nine kids, but eight, eight living. And, um, I'm the baby. I'm the largest. I'm the tallest. I'm the smartest. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, the, the, the benefits really for me of growing up in a family so big is although it could get annoying sometimes feeling like you have multiple parents, not just the set of two, you actually have a set of 10 parents. <laughs> um, it was it was nice to be able to see everybody's life um, and how they progressed through it, how they went through their schooling, through their education, how they approached relationships, how they approached money and finances, how they approached uh, religion and spirituality. And I really got to take the pieces that I identified with um, and place them in life, pair them with 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 my experiences and then build a life from there. So if one sibling did something I didn't like, I knew I didn't want to do that when I got older. If one sibling did something that I liked, but it didn't work out for them, I was like, okay, maybe that's not a route I want to go. If uh, if one sibling is doing something really successful, but like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I'm not feeling identified with that. I know I'm not trying to do that. So it was just, it was able to give me early insight from like nine, 10 years old on, you know, the things I didn't want to do, uh, the, the, the moral foundation I wanted to have, um, the values I had and the opportunities that were out there in the world um, for me to do if I, if I so chose to. Um, so, I mean, that's, a, that's a smooth conclusion of like, you know, maybe some things I appreciate about my family and, you know, the largeness of my family and yeah, just some, some simple breakdowns of where I come from. Definitely. Definitely. I think that's probably one of your strengths, right? Like being able to have a big family mm-hmm. and being able to have all those people to learn from. Because, you know, I think the average household and yeah, at least for our generation was like two and a half, maybe three right. kids in the household. So um, would you say that that's an advantage that you have or maybe is that uh, a disadvantage in a lot of ways? I think it's really just purely an advantage. Um, the only way you could look at it as a disadvantage, in my opinion, is just if you get caught up in your selfishness or your ego or or maybe your negative emotions towards certain family members at certain points in your life right and you can say oh it was so tough it was so this but the reality is i'm the baby typically the babies get the best of the of both worlds um you know not saying all of my siblings spoiled me but you get spoiled you're the baby you know i'm saying your birthdays are funner you they they really like cherish shower you with energy because you're the baby the last born you know a lot of them got to raise me you know not just my parents, but also, you know, my brother Saloon and my sister Edie and, you know, everyone got to have a hand in the, 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 the rearing of the child, you know, of raising me, you know? So, um, I really only see advantages as much as I'm not as 
close as I desire to be with, with as many family members. And maybe I don't identify with, you know, you know, what they do for a career or, or whatever, but the advantage is I technically just have seven mentors. I have seven mentors for different versions of life. You know, like if I want mentorship on, you know, some creative side of things or how you approach the creative world, how you build friendships in a creative world, I'll go talk to my brother who's an artist. If I want um, some mentorship on studying and how to take notes in school because I'm really struggling with some course I'm taking. I'll go talk to my doctor sister or my nurse sister who were super good in school and knew how to take notes and were avid studiers and I can ask them for insight. If I want insight on how to treat people and how to practice leadership qualities and lead a group of people, I'll go talk to my brother who's all in saloon who is the director of facilities at something and has always been leading people, whether it was on the football field in college or whether it was in you know, as a coach for the football teams in college or whether it was the positions he's been holding, leading massive teams in the school districts for the past 10 years. So, you know, any anybody I need, any form of advice from, I always have family to go to first and then I can branch out. So it's always been an advantage to me. Like, of course, we all have things to complain about when it comes to family. Duh. Um, you have things to complain about. The, the listeners have people that they, they struggle with in the family. But at the end of the day, I know they all love me. I know I love them. And I know it's 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 going to be a benefit to have. It's been a benefit and it will be a, a continued benefit as I grow older and have kids. Now they have uncles and aunties and cousins. Family's everything, man. Family's everything. Yeah, definitely. Family is everything. Um, so in terms of, I guess, maybe one of the things you kind of talk there is like you're they're all kind of a mentor in one way or another. Um, so that's kind of one part of my question. Are, do you have mentors outside of your family? And then the other part of that is I kind of wanted to see um, and hear your thoughts on this. Like, do you ever feel like you're being pulled in different directions? Do you ever feel like, you know, maybe there's too much involvement? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So to the first question, um, I have something that I call, and I'm, I don't know, I'm not acting like I made this up, but I heard it from myself first. So that's what I say. Um, I have something called virtual mentorships or virtual mentors. And all that means is, you know, being 24 years old, you know, being a millennial, we had the advantage of growing up in a time where technology was advancing at such a rapid rate and still is. And we have so much opportunities when it comes to the Internet, when it comes to all these social platforms, when it comes to access, access. Like a lot of time there was so many gatekeepers in business and music and and PR and all types of industries. There were so many gatekeepers, but the Internet, social media open those doors, unlock those doors. And there, we don't really need, you know, somebody to let us in to get contact to somebody. So um, growing up with Facebook, growing up with YouTube, growing up with MySpace, growing up with um, Twitter as I got into high school and Instagram getting into high school and Snapchat, all these platforms provided me opportunities to connect with people all across the world from Dubai to New York City to freaking South Asia, like people from everywhere. And if I find their content interesting, I have the opportunity and the, the the access to reach out to them, to contact them directly. And if I don't want to contact them, I can just consume their content. So when we speak of, you know, virtual mentors, you know, just to name a few, I think the first virtual mentor I ever had who really inspired me and provided me with the solid framework of mindset around how to live life and how to overcome adversity and overcoming, you know, anxiety or, or different negative feelings, quote unquote, um, is Eric Thomas. So E.T., the hip hop preacher, some of you guys may know who that is, some of you guys may not, um, but he's a motivational speaker, public speaker, he's an author, um, 
and you know of course has courses and stuff like that but he started out just making youtube videos in his garage and that's where i started watching him and he would just talk about certain topics and it really helped me build a strong foundation around how to approach you know really at the end of the day adversity how to approach adversity and how to think about it in a different way and then also just providing that reality check when you think that you want something but you're not doing the work for it and then you hear this video and he's like stop talk about you're going to do this, you're going to do that, but you're sitting right here on YouTube watching me. And it's like, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> That's exactly what I've been doing for six hours, actually. And so, you know, that was important for me, you know, for 12 to like 17 years old, I was con- consuming his content. So not in like a selfish or a braggadocious way. I think it just really provided me an opportunity in reading his books and his articles really provided me a different mindset that my peers didn't have. So when somebody... When some violence would happen towards our friends or when some adversity in our grades or being kicked off the football team or losing in a game or or struggling with money or whatever it is, when these things would come around, I would have a framework, like a, a foundation to to choose how I'm going to react to things, whereas other people just went into disorder, you know, and um, and I saw it every day. So it's really a benefit. And then, um, you know, Gary Vee. After Eric Thomas, definitely was my next one. I found him maybe like junior year of high school. Gary Vee, um, Tony Robbins. Um, and then over the past years, I've found people who aren't as big. Ani Hustles, who's growing right now. Um, I've had him on the podcast, actually, I think about two episodes ago. Um, and then, of course, there's just a whole lot of other people on Instagram and Twitter that I that I admire, you know. And, and, and not to, like, extend this answer even longer, but... Just to say, you really need to, people really need to, and I found it very important for myself to curate who they follow. You need to curate who you follow. Right before we shot this episode, we were at home watching a YouTube video. Gentleman that we admire for his business, you know, smarts and stuff was naming people on Twitter he thought were important to follow or that he valued. As soon as he said the name, you paused it, you went and followed that person because you're curating who you follow. So what you, the information that you're consuming in moments of consumption are positive, are informative and help you progress just as long as you take action on them, of course. But what happens is people don't curate. They just follow whoever, whenever, entertainers, this, that. And um, they're, they're not getting any any benefit from it except for entertainment. And entertainment is cool, but it's not everything and it's not going to get you that far. So I just think it was important to mention that like, you got to curate who you follow. And I've always done that in weird ways too. like having four Instagrams, like uh, like the podcast Instagram, this Instagram that you guys are going to see this content on. I only follow business people. I only follow entrepreneurs that I'm really inspired by on on Twitter. I only follow like marketing and branding people and then a few people who are like just philosophers and talk about different things. Uh, and then obviously friends, but I mute their pages so I don't consume their content. Yes, I mute you. Feel disrespected, but it's not disrespect. It's just about curating the the, the content that you're going to consume every day. I got the, the fitness page because I'm also a personal trainer. So I only follow trainers that I admire that provide information that I find valuable. I have my personal page and that's where I follow my friends. So I know I'm going to be on there if I'm going to consume, just catch up on people's lives. So I think it's just very important to curate. And I know that was a super long answer. Um, and then as for, as for that same thing that does pull you in a lot of different directions, you know, um, going to your second question about being pulled in different directions. 
um, family members. All of them do something different. All of them live life differently. All of them have different expectations and different opinions of what success, happiness, and a good life is. So when they're all trying to tell you something, this and that and this and that, it's like either you get pulled so many different ways or you just shut them all down. And that's what I decided to do. It's like just like I'll listen to you, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, thank you. And then I just keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're trying to consider, oh, this person and this person, this person, especially this unsolicited, it's just like it's very challenging. You get pulled in so many different directions because you do want to satisfy your family members. But you got to remember that it's your life, too. And as you live your life for, if you're living your life for another person, you ain't going to be happy at the end of the day. You know, I could tell you a lot of careers that would have made some of my siblings really happy that I would have been depressed doing. I could tell you a lot of routes that siblings, mentors told me that I could go, but I didn't particularly want to go that way. And so I chose not to. So you have to be careful with, you know, how much you consume, who you listen to. Cause you really will get pulled a lot of different ways. And I have all my life. I'm, I'm 24 now and I'm trying to really just dig down into the exact niche category of people I want to listen to and focus on that and develop skills around that and develop, you know, the ability to master that area in some way, or the, these multitudes of areas of marketing. Like we're both on the same page. You're doing, trying to do the same thing, marketing, email marketing, I'm trying to get good at copyright, I'm trying to get good at sales, because I know these things will all fit into building businesses, building my podcast, building my t-shirt company, building other companies, you know what I'm saying? So it can it can definitely pull you a lot of different ways to get frustrated, but just got to curate and focus, curate and focus. I think that's really important. You know, the saying goes, you are what you eat, right? Mm-hmm. You are the content that you consume. So exactly. just like you playing out your, your health, you also got to plan out your mental health as well. You know, all of those negative emotions and things. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to be mindful of what you're consuming. Absolutely. 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 So in terms of the podcast, uh, do you have any goals for the podcast? Is there anything that listeners can do to help, um, you know, get you to those goals? Yeah. I mean, the main thing, you know, people like to say numbers don't matter. But when it comes to like podcasting, I don't pay too much attention to the numbers of followers and stuff like that. And I agree with that in a certain sense. Um, I agree with that because you want to have a community that's actually engaged. You want to have a community that actually listens and and, um, applies the information or really truly feels inspired by what you say, not just listening because they feel forced to listen or just press play but don't actually listen to it they just press play because they follow you and they want to act like they support or maybe they just really did want to come look but they really only took 10 seconds to look you know what i'm saying you really want engaged followers engaged listeners you want a community an actual community and if that's 500 people and 500 followers and 500 subscribers god bless i'm with that but i also understand that if i can if i can have a even larger um, quote unquote audience or access to audiences that the ability to build a larger community is there. So if nobody shares my content, <clears throat> I'm going to be stuck in the circle of the 400 people I know. If nobody likes my comment and leaves reviews on Apple Podcasts, then Apple's going to keep me in the same place that I am on the on the hundred and or the 300th podcast or whatever. There's millions of podcasts. There's millions of podcasts, but that doesn't mean that people don't consume more than one podcast. I'm a fan of three podcasts, a committed listener to three to four podcasts. So 
a lot of times you can get like overwhelmed. Like there's so many podcasts, there's not room for me. No, you just got to be better. You got to, you got to build your brand awareness or your, the awareness to your brand company, whatever. And you have to create an engaged community and you got to do that by providing consistent quality content. And so that's my responsibility. The responsibility of my listeners is to take action on the information that is provided in the episodes or be inspired and to take action in their own way. You know, we may not be giving always tactical or exact advice, like you need to do this for this, but we may say something that inspires you to think a little bit different about something else. So, and so for you to take that and apply it in your own way. And then number two, if you find it valuable to share with other people. And the reason you do that is first off, hell yeah, support your boy. <laughs> but second off, because what's the point of, of learning or gaining a skill or enjoying something or finding something inspirational or finding joy or find anything positive if you're not sharing it? Like, that's selfish. It really is selfish, you know? For me to listen to a podcast or read a article that I know you'd find interesting and I know it was helpful to me and I don't send it to you, that's selfish. So for me, listeners, <laughs> share the podcast. Uh, leave a review, leave a five-star review if you think it's five stars. Keep it a buck, too. If you think it's one star, leave a one star. And then leave some advice on what you think I could do better. And then, um, yeah, man, just just share the content, man. At the end of the day, I just want a larger audience so I can reach more people. And from there, there's so many things you can do. Definitely, so. definitely. So maybe uh, one of the things, and I think you would probably agree with this, is probably anybody that has um, someone that they think might be good on the pod to definitely send a recommendation. Mm, yes, yes, definitely do that. Um, you know, is the you know you can read the description of the podcast and know what it's all about. So you know, keep that in mind when you're when you're sending references. But yeah, man, like if you think you'll be a great add to the to the episode yourself, please reach out. If you think that you know someone, your friend, would be a great add to the episode, great, reach out. But the goal of this podcast is to provide value to a community that is trying to grow, that's trying to build a strong foundation. You know what I'm saying? So I really try to focus on, on, you know, minority creatives and entrepreneurs because people in minority communities don't get to see that in real life. They don't get to see big business owners, entrepreneurs. They don't see that on TV of like, they don't see what's, what's the new show or it's not new, but billions or something like that i think it's names. they don't see an all-black cast on billions they don't see a all-black cast on gray's anatomy with doctors you know what i'm saying they don't see that so my goal is to bring people you know who we don't see in these certain careers onto the show to inspire young people to inspire people and let them know you can do that too you know you're not supposed to j cole says in one song is like it's like I think it's J. Cole. They're like, oh, you so, damn Cole, you so tall. Do you play basketball? He's like, no, bitch, I'm a doctor. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he did play basketball and he's not a doctor. But the point is, like, I'm also capable of doing everything else. And maybe your intention is not to say that I can't do that. But that's what it feels like when you don't see anybody that looks like you and you don't see anybody that comes from your community doing these things, then it's hard to think you can go that route. So I try to bring people on that can share some value, share some information on how they made it to where they're at, share some information about their creative journey to let people know you can be a photographer, you can be a tech guy, you can be a coder, and you can be an entrepreneur, you can be a 
doctor, you can be a businessman at Goldman Sachs, even if you come from a community that you never see that happening. So because representation matters. Yeah, sure. representation matters, man. That's what the, the brand's all about. The culture talks, voices of value. Your voice is valuable too. Definitely, definitely. So in terms of the pod, what are some of your biggest learnings from being a host? Mm. It's hard to listen. It's hard to shut up for me. <laughs> it's hard to shut I'm up. I'm having a hard time right now. So. <laughs> so, I mean, the main thing, I think the number one thing it taught me is how to listen, you know, really just be quiet, take things in, let it soak in, reflect on it. And um, that's the number one thing, skill that it's helped me develop. Um, in terms of some other things, man, everybody's story is so similar, but so different. You know, we've talked about this before, this word, this fake word called Sonder, the realization that every passerby is living a life that is as complex and as vivid as your own with its own ups and downs and blah, blah, blah. Right. So everybody I've interviewed, they all like on the episode and off the episode, like just share some crazy stories like of challenges they went through when they were growing up and how they overcame them and what they did to overcome them. And like, you see so many similarities across people from all different types of cultures, you know? Yes, there's a focus on the black community on this show, but I've also had Persians on, I've had, you know, Latin Americans on, I've had, I've had, you know, Islanders on, you know what I'm saying? So I've had South Asians on. So there's similarities across all these stories and it just shows you how close we are really, no matter what color of skin, no matter what part of the country we grew up in, we all facing pretty similar challenges. And we all are using very similar ways to get out of those situations. Books, podcasts, uh, networking, like going to mentor, or the other option, uh, working hard, leveraging our education to get an opportunity to do something else, to get into this big position, which can then help me build my entrepreneurial lifestyle. It's like, there's always like, two to three similar routes that everybody went, no matter if they're from Toronto, from Kolkata, India, from Tanzania, from, from I had a brother from, I think his family's from Trinidad and Tobago. And then like, no matter where these people are coming from, like they all kind of went those two or three routes, all have had family issues, all, you know what I'm saying? So we all so similar. And it just made me realize that we're all intertwined and connected in some way. So. Yeah, how um, how similar that human experience is, mm-hmm, across, exactly. no matter what your background is, is. Exactly. Yeah, so that's probably one of your biggest learnings. So what are some of the challenges in terms of being a host? Is it um, is it keeping co- uh, consumers engaged? Is it keeping, um, you know, in contact with, you know, past um, uh, guests? Or is it getting new guests? What, what are some of the challenges with that you're currently facing with the pod? I think all of those except the last one. It's not too hard to get guests, but it is hard to get quality guests. And I mean that with the utmost respect. You know, I've had great conversations across a lot of people, but there's definitely a difference between somebody who knows how to communicate effectively and get their point across and um, share their story in a way that can provide insight and value to other people versus somebody who knows how to just talk about themselves. Getting true storytellers. Yeah, yeah. getting true storytellers is is actually challenging, but that's a skill, man. And I don't expect everybody to be a perfect storyteller, and that's why I still enjoy some of these interviews. I still love meeting these people, but that is a challenge, though. And you have to be aware because true storytellers are not only going to be the individuals who provide the most value, which is the goal of the podcast, but they're also going to be the individuals that keep listeners engaged. 
And so if I want the podcast to grow and I want to provide value, my best option is to get people that I find inspirational, dope, and awesome that are also good storytellers. And that is challenging. Um, Now, people love to talk, so it's not hard to get people on the podcast. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, the virtual world provides you so much access to people you thought you'd never have access to. So it's really just about being confident and reaching out to people um, and being consistent, you know. Um, as for number two and number one, which I don't remember exactly what you, uh, what you said, but one of the things that's, yeah, I, what do you ask? Cause there was two things and you literally said exactly my struggles and, um, yeah. So keeping listeners engaged, mm-hmm. um, you know, keeping up with hosts, like, you know, yes. keeping them engaged okay, so, as well. And then there was one, more. I'm sorry, not hosts, guests. Yeah. And then the last one was, um, getting guests on the pod got you so so keeping up with past guests is also a challenge too but i try my very best to so you know i always try to get their emails and their contact before we leave and i try to establish a relationship after the fact too because you know i don't want people to just think that i got them on the show just for them to give me something and then it's over i do want to build a relationship i do want to be friends with them but when you're like 76 77 people in it's kind of hard to keep in contact with everybody and a lot everybody's busy too so you might text this person and they may not be able to get back to you that day and then you're like okay cool but then you forget then 77 other people you have to get in contact with too or try to keep up with so it's definitely a challenge it's definitely a challenge but i think at the end of the day um you know if i was to see any of my guests in person or run into them at the LAX run into them at KCI that there would still be some love there and we know each other and we can communicate and it's still it was still a relationship that 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 was fine. my uh culture talks page you'll see that I paid somebody to do the content and I loved it loved it I was like this is so fire and my my guest was like yo that was so fire and I'm like okay I want to keep doing this but I was like, shit, I don't have 250 to pay per episode on Friday, every Friday. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I can't do that. So it's like, so I was trying to figure out other ways around it. And I was like, man, this is just taking two months and I haven't released something. People are going to forget about the culture talks. I was like, fuck that. We better do something. So I hit you up. I was like, bro, let's do this. And we just going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And just post the content whenever you can, whenever you can scale, scale, but don't stop because you can't scale. Absolutely. Let's just put it that way <laughs> to, to summarize what I was trying to say. <laughs> so uh, in terms of, you know, so outside of the pod, you know, there's obviously a lot of interest in business mm-hmm. um, in, you know, the t-shirt brand. Um, you got the podcast that's kind of associated with that. Um, what are some of the other parts of business or some of your favorite industries um, that, you know, that kind of appeal to you and kind of brought you into the business world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like, I think the number one thing I like is probably real estate, Uh, real estate investing, just the real estate business. There's just so many awesome ways to innovate. There's so much, we were talking about this earlier today. There's so many ways to innovate, whether it's creating, you know, a software, you know, Redfin, like a fucking, uh, what is it? Zillow, like creating there. There's so much more room for even more of those of those platforms or those softwares to be created that can help out the industry. And then in terms of like the actual act of like investing and making money off of real estate, there's so many creative ways to 
get involved. There's so many creative ways to raise money. There's so many creative ways to value add to a property. And you can take those same ideas and those same creative juices and apply them to a marketing agency. You can apply them to a podcast. Just being creative in the way that you can add value onto whatever product, service um, that you're that you're selling. And um, I think just real estate is, is so dope. There's so much um, room for growth. There's so much, obviously, benefits and upside when it comes to finance, like to, you know, wealth creation. Um, so that's one thing I really love. I'm, I'm really starting to get into what, you, what you're into. So just like um, marketing, email marketing, uh, uh, copywriting, these skills, these skills that you can use to serve people, but then also selling courses from the skill that you like learn. So the same way we're going to learn how to do like some of these skills or are learning how to use the skills. There's more room to create more courses in the same world and then just create systems around skills. That's a great way to say it. creating systems around skills and then monetizing it is just super dope. But you can do that in so many different ways. Again, going back to real estate, I know people in real estate who don't have any property, who don't invest in any property. I'm not saying this is smart, but I'm just saying they don't invest in any property. They don't own any software. They don't have any apps. All they do is they're really skilled at finding good deals. They know the numbers. They're really good at running the numbers. They're really good at research. They have a community. They have a network that reaches out to them and lets them know about good deals. And all they do is plug and play with investors. And they get paid good. Or consul- or consultation fees. Like, here, this is what I would do with this property. But you got to pay me $500. You know, we've been playing the cash flow game. That's real life. You know, hey, I'll consult, for, I'll consult with you for $1,000. So I find the, the consulting world really interesting as well. Um, I think there it would be dope to figure out how to create a system around a consulting company, like where you can pull yourself out of it. So you build your consulting company by consulting for people, but figuring out a way to build a system around training other consultants who then do, you know, just building like your own personal Deloitte, but like, but like a small version. So, I mean, really, I just like business. It's kind of hard to, 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 to categorize what I'm a fan of because every day I'm reading something new and I get pulled left and right. Like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. There's just so much dope shit. There's so many ways to win. There's so much fun and creativeness and competitiveness uh, with yourself um, and challenging yourself to be creatively um, like gangster. <laughs> and, uh, and I think it's, I think it's fun. So really I like, I like just business period. You know, anytime I'm driving down the street and I see a vehicle with the business on the side of it and I see it more than once, immediately I go Google it, try to find their financials, try to find how they started, try to find their business model. I just like business. So I think there's a lot to like about business too. Especially. Hell yeah. Yeah. So what, um, is this, was there a point? Was there, um, was there an epiphany? Was there a specific moment where it was like, all right, business is for me or were you, you know, was that shift kind of more gradual? Hmm. Was it just kind of like, I tried everything else and business is like, it just drew, drew you in. Yeah. So I think I know when I first got interested in business, uh, when I was like eight, nine, ten, 
I don't remember what the name of the show was, to be completely honest. But there was a show I was watching where the, the setting, like the main setting of the show, was in a large sky rise, or high-rise business office in New York City. I was like, that shit gangster. I was like, oh, the office view, corner view, the city, wearing a suit. Like, I don't like the suit idea anymore. <laughs> I kind of like rocking my own shit, being rocking whatever. But even, actually, that's cap. I do like suits. I'm actually into I do like suits. I won't purchase in case I got a bread, but I do like suits and looking professional. So I always thought that was fly, having your own desk, coming in, like being a leader. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to. Bah, bah, bah. And the shows it just looked awesome. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was cool to me, you know. And um, and I think this was pre, pre. This is not. I think it is definitely pre entrepreneurship becoming cool. I think entrepreneurship started becoming cool like early two thousands maybe, but it didn't become cool cool until that shit was on social, until like people were able to put their the image of entrepreneurship they were able to brand entrepreneurship is what they were able to do and whether they were true entrepreneurs or not and that's when it became cool to be an entrepreneur cool to start your own business cool to do it became more of a idea like like jewelry or becoming a rapper or something Mm -hmm. that's what it became it's like the new rapper and shit so when i was a kid i was just watching these shows i thought it was dope so i knew i wanted to be in business but I didn't know what entrepreneurship was yet. And I didn't know about being an owner or being or ownership. I didn't learn about that. So I just would Google on the internet, hey, how to have a corner office. Literally, that's what I would Google. And it would say you have to be in finance or you have to be an accountant or you have to be uh, a CEO. I was like, and that's when I learned the word CEO. So I'm like, cool, CEO. So I'll Google that, how to become a CEO and live in, 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 in work in a high rise. And it'll be like, go to school for this, go to school for finances, get a business degree, whatever. So I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. Like from like 10 to like 14. But like when I was 14, that's when I, Instagram came out. <laughs> Social media started really popping, like for real, for real, for real. Facebook was popping, yeah, growing from 07 to like 14. But all that shit started really popping. And Facebook's never been one for like an entrepreneurship space or business space, like in terms of like, promoting it or saying this is cool or posting pictures stuff. So it's always been Instagram and Twitter in my opinion and like a few maybe a few other social media websites where you'd follow entrepreneurs. You know what I'm saying? You're not gonna have you're not gonna follow these people on Facebook because you gotta add them as friends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So either way, internet came out, like I said, I was reading books from Eric Thomas, watching his motivational videos. He was starting to talk about how he was travel speaking and he owns his own business and he's this and, and he and he makes this money and he went from high school dropout to living in as a homeless man to the million. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, what? That's gangster. Blah, blah, blah. How'd you do that? Who do you work for? Oh, you work for yourself? What does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Then Gary Vee came around. I started seeing Gary Vee's content probably about 2012, 2012, probably about then. So I was like 15, 16. And all Gary Vee talks about business, entrepreneurship, blah, 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 blah. I started reading his books, looking at his old videos about his wine company and everything like that. Then YouTube started to blow up with a lot of entrepreneurs posting their vlogs, posting things. So I started learning about all that, the, the flashy side of it, right? Gary Vee was tactical. I like Gary Vee. He was always tactical. He gave tactical information, but he had his vlog showing his day-to-day life. And I was like, oh, that looks tiring, but it looks awesome because he's he really loves what he's doing. 
he gets to lead people and he gets to have an impact on the world, like you know what I'm saying, in his own way. And he can give back because he got the money to give back, you know what I'm saying, from building his own business. So that was cool. But then I just started reading more books around that time, like 15, 16, 17, 18, reading a lot of business books, started learning about ownership, started learning about assets, started learning about um, building businesses, started learning about being a, being a business owner, being an investor, being an employee, and the differences between all these. The differences between a CEO and a like an owner who's not the seat, like an owner or like a board member. It's a difference. CEO is still an employee mm-hmm. working for the company. He might get paid a lot, but he all the responsibility come back to him. Back to you being the owner of the company, you can hire a CEO. It's like, but how do you get there from from the bottom to that moment? So just start learning about all that. And uh, then I really knew I wanted to do it because I know I ain't trying to work for nobody. I mean, and I work for somebody right now, (laughs) but I was like, I ain't trying to work for nobody. I want to make my own money. I see the benefits that there's no cap on your income. If you have your own business and you can build it, start learning about the tax advantages of it. Start learning about how how things are built to support business owners in America, like America's like has more uh, just benefits for business owners just because they're the ones who provide employment. And so it's just like, I was like, everything I want to do, I want to be only can happen if I own a business or if I invest early and just become an investor in these businesses. So that's pretty much the only reason, the main reasons. And then from there, I just started actually finding it fun, like a sport, you know? So like a sport. Yeah. So that, that would be my perspective. I mean, like the motivation is to have ownership, to have something to pass down and have access to making as much money as I want and give back as much as I want to, you know, take it how you want it. Call me a capitalist, call me it, like something for wanting to be rich, but I want to be rich, man. So like that, I felt like the best way to do that is to own your business. And then after that, once I realized that and started studying business, then I was like, oh, this shit is like a sport. This is fun, hard, but fun. So that's that was my motivations for sure hard but fun i would i would agree with that shit it but is definitely hard definitely hard. <laughs> Let's go ahead and put that out there hard before it gets done yeah believe that and it might be 10 years 20 years so you got to be ready mm-hmm. yeah yeah you got to be willing to get down and dirty shit tire oh yeah no doubt so um what are some of the most overrated things um you know there's a lot of hype um especially on instagram um, especially on YouTube, we've all seen the ads uh, with the dude with the Ferrari trying to sell you his book or his mm-hmm. course or whatever. Um, so, what are some of the o- most overrated things when it comes to the entrepreneurial space? And what are some of those things that are uh, like, like right now? Like, what is happening right now that you think is super overrated? Mm, that's a great question. I'm gonna think for a second. Um, what's the overrated thing? I think what I just said, like people, I don't know if I'm answering the, the question correctly, but I think people, um, people think about so much about, they get so lost in the sauce of like, I'm going to own this business. I'm going to become a millionaire until they start building a business and they realize that they can't pay themselves. And if they pay themselves, their business going to fail fast. So it's like, I think the overrated thing is that what's put out there about entrepreneurship is I started this company. Now I live in a mansion. Now I have a Ferrari. 
now I pay for my parents to go on 10-year vacations and shit. They just be saying shit, right? So what people think is, okay, I start a business. As soon as I start a business and if I sell some stuff, sell enough stuff, even sell a lot of stuff, then I'm going to be able to do all this. But it's like, hold up, brother. <laughs> in order to sell a lot of stuff, you got to put some money in it a month. And then when you start selling a lot of stuff, in order to sustain it, you got to put some money in that motherfucker. And if you using all the money that you make, you ain't going to have no money to put into it. So then into your business. So then you're just never going to get where you want to go. So you got to understand that uh, that money is not yours for the keeping at the beginning. It's really not yours for keeping really for a long time. You just going to have to keep putting money back into the business. So until that month, obviously until it's like, 30 million or to a certain amount, you got to know your costs and everything. But until you make a decent amount to where you can do your marketing, put money aside for taxes, put some money aside for innovation, put money aside for um, PR, put money aside for these are not all necessary, but most of them are necessary. Um, Put money aside for all these things, put money aside for shipping, put money aside for you know, inventory, put money aside for keeping your website alive, keeping your website up, your monthly subscription, to your website, put money aside for, for, for photography of your, I'm just speaking about me for like the t-shirts and shit like that. But then you're like, Oh, this takes a lot of money. So what, what, what makes you money going to take money. And the goal is to get out of that. But that's, that's getting into the weeds from there. Getting out the rat race. <laughs> Get out the rat race, yeah. Because you can still be an entrepreneur in the rat race, just so y'all know. It is possible. And sometimes it's to your advantage, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess um, on the flip side of that, what are some things that are underrated? Shoot. <laughs> oh, I have a better answer to overrated. You know what's overrated? What's overrated is... Scheduling your own hours. Like, I get to that saying, hmm. I get to create my own hours. That shit is overrated, brother. Let me tell you something. Wait till you build a business. First off, I'm talking like I got some big business. I don't, but I got things I'm working on or whatever. And I've had moments where I've tried to build a business and not work a job. You got a job, right? You wake up at 8.30. You get to work at 9.00. You get off at five, five days a week, guaranteed pay, guaranteed. You start a business, you're going to wake up, hopefully, when you when you need to wake up. But let's, let me just say about some friends I know. They wake up 6 a.m. They start their day. They, get, they have their first meeting call by 8, so their first two hours they might spend doing their own thing or whatever. But most of the time, just being business owners, he woke up this morning. First thing he did is come downstairs and start working on a pitch deck. So other entrepreneurs that I like have bigger businesses that they're running, they're probably a lot of them might talk about on the internet. I wake up, I meditate, I go work out, and you should do that. That's a great if you can do that, amazing. But I bet you a lot of them are waking up and they're going right to their computer. They're looking at their emails. They're they're remembering they have a pitch deck. They're scheduling out their day. Then 8 a.m. is their first call or whatever. Then they got to go up to their co-working space. And then they start working on their, their business. Then they have more calls. Then they have some actual work they got to go do. Look at a property. Look at this, blah, blah, blah. By the time their whole day is over, they might have ate one time because they were so busy back to back trying to figure things out. They were stressed because they was losing money, don't know when money's going to come in. 
Uh, they uh, they were trying to figure out how they're going to feed their kid at home or how they're going to pay their rent because their business hasn't blown yet. And then they're going to get home at night and they're going to be like, well, I can't rest now because they're trying to get this money and they got people to take care of and they want their business to grow. So they're going to work until 12, 1 a.m. Studying, either studying or actually working on actionable things towards their business. Does that really sound that great? Like, just be honest. Yes, working on your own thing is amazing if that's the type of person you are. So for me and for you, we're like, we love we love this shit. Like, it fucking sucks some days, but we're also like, and we might be tired and shit like that. But then you also be like, I love it, though. I'm doing it for a reason. You know, I got purpose behind it. This is what I'm drawn to. But for a lot of people, that hype on the internet and becoming a millionaire and all that, they, brother, go work your nine to five. Come home, get your paycheck, guarantee, pay your bills, get your benefits. That's not bad, man. None of that shit is bad. It's totally okay. So I think that's what's overrated. It's like just that be your own boss is nice in terms of nobody's yelling at you, but also sucks because you got to really keep yourself accountable and it takes a lot more work than a nine to five, in my opinion. Yeah, the nine to five is, yeah, there's a lot of value there. There's a lot of value there. And if you're working like a high stress job, like a doctor or a lawyer, that might be a little different. It might be a lot of work and work outside of a nine to five. Like you got to work 12 hours and stuff like that. And you're really busy. But I'm telling you, being able to know you're about to get that money and you know what days you work and you know your exact schedule and you just plan your life around that can for, for most people is going to feel a lot better than just being all over the place all day, seven days a week trying to build your business. So, it definitely feels better. Yeah. Knowing that those checks are coming through. Hell yeah. Knowing what your responsibilities are. Not having knowing to. you're off at this time. Knowing you ain't got to do shit after this time. Like you can go home, literally sit on your couch and just chill. But your family, have family time. You can eat and go out to eat and go to the bar. You just know you can't. You can't do that shit when you're trying to build a business, man. In my opinion, you just can't. You're wasting too much time. like you can't just be lollygagging for 12 hours of the day and decide to work on your business for three hours and call yourself an entrepreneur Mm. or expect to become a successful entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of leverage there in that nine to five though. Absolutely. That's the only reason why I went back to work. Like right now I just went, I went, I went back to work right now. The goal is to really learn the skill, really do a good job at this job, really work myself up the next few years. But when I come home, I have time scheduled out. To work on my business, to work on my podcast, to work on the t-shirts, on the on the times that I have days off or whatever, I'm trying to figure out how I can better improve the brand or the Culture Talks t-shirts, writing up game plans, writing up pitch decks, talking with friends about how can I improve. But I know I'm getting a check. I know that I can get these benefits and I, I don't have to stress about that part of things. You know what I'm saying? And when the reduced stress, more success. Amen, brother. Amen. <laughs> Especially stress around money. Stress around money is the worst. Crazy. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to know that I'm sleepy. And uh, I hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast. <laughs> you know we keep it 100 on this podcast, man. You know, um, every day, every time, every moment, all 78 episodes, I always keep it a buck. I'm always going to talk how I talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna move how I move. We're gonna let we're gonna let water be spilt on the table. We're gonna cough. We're gonna have my niece come on the show and be sneezing or whatever. We're gonna keep it hundred percent authentic. And you know, to some people you may call it unprofessional. To me, I think it really makes this podcast. The culture talks. Life is life is happening all around us, no matter if there's an episode going on or if we're trying to build a business, life is happening all around us. It's not about being 
perfect and fancy and all this. So, you know, I really just appreciate anybody who tunes into the episodes, anybody who, you know, listens and, and enjoys the content, anybody who gives us a minute of their time for a minute Instagram video. I really just appreciate all of y'all because I know I know that uh, I'm different. <laughs> um, but you have any further things um, to share with the audience? Um, you know, either any f- final questions or if not, your social media, where they can find you. Talk a little bit about your business before we hop off of here. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a digital marketer here in Kansas City. Let them know. Stare them down in the camera. I'm a digital marketer here in Kansas City. We help small businesses, um, you know, pretty much do lead generation online, build authority in whatever industry you are, and build trust with your customers and educate them before they come to buy from you. So you make that sales process so much easier and cut that sales time into fractions. Um, So that's what we do. We do that through social media, paid advertising, SEO, uh, content, email marketing, um, all of those things. It's really kind of a plug and play solution, the marketbase, themarketbase.com. Uh, you can look us up. Uh, we won some awards this year. Um, we're, we're pretty happy about um, you know getting that recognition. So, uh, but it, today it has been a pleasure, sir. Always a pleasure talking to you um, and really learning a little bit more about you and how you think and your business mindset. I think that's some some things that we don't really get to hear from you as the host of the podcast. So it's really nice to see some of those insights and um, how you kind of conduct yourself and how you move. So always appreciate it. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in and I'm glad I could be today's host and thank you so much to our lovely guest today. C I double Z. But nah, man, I appreciate you for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to first off, follow, follow me on Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. What's your at on Instagram? I not, I'm not a clue. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you yeah. know your does 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 MarketBase have a website or somewhere they can themarketbase.com. You can follow us on Twitter at themarketbase uh, or on Instagram as themarketbase. Uh, in, uh, we're on Facebook as the market base. So. The market base. The it market sounds base. how it's spelled. So go follow my boy. Show him some love. You already know. Leave a comment. Leave a five star review and share with a friend if you found this episode either enjoyable, entertaining, or informational. The Culture Talks podcast. The host C I double Z Y. The co-host today, Malad. We out. Salute. Appreciate Salute. you. Cool.